in the Middle Podcast. I am your host, Reflex, a platform for entrepreneurs, innovators, creators of African descent. When you hear stories, ideas, and experiences on how we can break the mold, how we can break barriers, we've been doing this for close to five years now. Uh, if you are listening and watching us for the first time, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the bell notification so you get updates every time we drop something new. If you're riding around or you're doing dishes, listen to your crib. Definitely subscribe, do a review so the algorithm can drive us up so more people can hear us. Uh, we appreciate you checking us out this week. We have an incredible, incredibly special guest joining us via Zoom today. He's an actor, a film director, known for his 2001 short film Lineage, Random Acts of Flyness, 2018 film, and Diabolical, 2018 joining us. Well, we have Francis Macho joining us online. How you feeling, bro? You good? I'm feeling good, man. Uh, I'm good. To, I'm glad to be here, Flex. Nah, man, really appreciate you. I want to, you know, like start from the beginning. Uh, the name Francis, you know, it's, it's a common name, but Man Mancho, yeah, it's, it's, it sounds common. You from like the Northwest region of Cameroon? That sounds like Northwest region of Cameroon. Is that right? But uh, Bamenda. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Is that where you put your, your folks from? Yeah, my grandpa's from Bamenda. Uh, my grandma is. Village, what's the village? Uh, Zang Tabi, yeah, Zang Tabi. How much, how much connection do you have, you know, with Cameroon and back home? Like, how much you spent any time there? Do you, do you remember knowing your grandparents? Yeah, so my grandparents are still with me, you know what I'm saying? Lord willing, they're still healthy. Mm -hmm. that's good, um, that's good. They're, they're over here now, so they, they pretty much come to the states every year for a few months. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually went to Cameroon my first time was in 2013. Mm -hmm. or, no, no, 20, it was 2012, and then I went back 2014, mm -hmm. and it was, um, it was eye-opening, because, you know, I went there when I was in college, it's not like yeah. I, I didn't grow up there, I didn't go as a kid, mm -hmm. so just to see that, and the amount of love I got when I went back there, and the difference in, um, lifestyle, or what they, uh, mm -hmm. what they value, um, was eye-opening, but then, obviously, as you know, the state we're in the Cameroon right now, I can't really visit it, right, um, right. yeah, it's yeah. not, not safe mm -hmm. yeah so you actually grew up here in silver spring area yeah so i lived i lived in silver spring to elementary um and then we moved to my knowledge new jersey mm -hmm. and I, I lived there until i went to college yeah how was how was like childhood for you like how was life for you growing up um so so when i was in when i was in silver spring um, obviously, you know how it is down down there in the DMV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was with so much of my family. All my cousins lived down the street. Um, a lot of parties, a lot of events over there. So even though um, I ended up moving to Jersey, Maryland's like, that's in my blood. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. DMV is what I love. And then uh, moving over to Jersey, we moved to a better neighborhood over there. We got a house so that uh, it was like a difference in... When I first moved to that community, it was uh, it was very white. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to grow, I started to grow older, more black kids started moving in. So we had like a black community, middle school and high school. But um, yeah, I still got my day ones from Maryland. I got a lot of people down there. In and uh, I'm day ones from New Jersey. I got all my people down there in Maryland still. So I come down there a lot. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, growing up for me it was a lot of athletics. I was a sports yeah. guy. So yeah. you like athletics, would you would you consider yourself to have been a, a good student like in school growing up? 
I wasn't the best student, if I'm being frank with you. Because <laughs> I, I, I used to get away with a lot. Um, me being an athlete because I played ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played three three years varsity um, basketball. I ran track. I actually ran track in uh, Division One track at LaSalle University. Oh, wow. So um, I was able to, you know, get away with a little bit more. Uh, so I wasn't the best student. But as I got older, I would like to say I became a better student. Mm-hmm. So and then you you went to college and did finance. How did yes. you go from finance to acting? Um, you know, just being a Cameroonian child, um, kind of like because I didn't really know my way because I was all caught up in athletics, and as mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, I wasn't that indulged with with the schoolwork. So. Mm-hmm. Going there, I was like, oh, I'm really good with numbers. Um, I kind of like it. I like I like business. So I was like, okay, um, it just made sense to do finance. But then while I was in school, I would like to say like my sophomore year, I was like, man, like this is cool, but uh, there's something in me, like a creative in me that I just want to explore that and what that was like. And um, my, my school didn't have an acting program so one day I was like, you know what? Um, I'm just gonna go sit in on the acting class. And I went there, it was something different. Um, I liked it, it was very uncomfortable, but for me it was like, yeah, I wanna just like see what I can do there because I something in me tells me I could be good at this. Mm-hmm. And then um, through continuing to join classes and building on from there, um, it became my passion. And this was not like a school program. This was just a class that you found. Yeah, this was a class I found. So I was in school, LaSalle University. It was just in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I rode the train all the way from North Philly, all the way down to South Philly to order this class. I Man. sat in some some rent and I, and I walked like, it was like a 25 minute walk from the train. So I walked all the way there, sat in class and um, it was dope. So then the teacher, she took a liking to me. I started going to class a little bit more. So I was balancing like the track, the school and this outside acting program as well as working a part-time job in college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And- was, there, was there like growing up, like any, you know, so I can remember the first time my pops wheeled in, like he had somebody like an electrician come in with a DVD and the dude brought in the Matrix. And that was like the first time I watched like a movie movie, like the Matrix, the first Matrix on DVD. And I was just so in awe. Like, do you remember any of that growing up? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like one day you just like, yo, I think I, this is a little bit of creative for me. And I want to explore that. Yeah. So I would say the two people for me that was like, yo, that's what I should be doing was um, Omar Epps mm. and uh, Wesley Snipes. Those are the two, you know what I'm saying? Like dark skin mm-hmm. brothers. I'm like, yo, okay, you know, people make jokes. They say I'd be looking like Snipes and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So I was watching them, uh, watching Snipes in like New Jack City. I was watching uh, Omar and of course loving basketball, the mm-hmm. the juices of the world, higher learning. And I was like, um, yeah, I wanna, I wanna be like Epps. And mm-hmm. then uh, continued to start. That's how I started studying actually. I watched yeah. this whole discography. Mm-hmm. So, like, did you did you like say, all right, I'm leaving finance, and I'm gonna go and pursue this thing full time? Or were you, you know, knowing that you, you know, come from an African background, like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and finish this finance degree so my parents don't think I'm about to like waste their money or waste my time? What, what was the transition I, for you like? So I got the degree. Um, 
I got the degree and I started working. Originally, when I graduated, I was working at Vanguard, um, oh, wow. like retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. I was working there for a year, you know what I mean? The pay was all right. But I'm like, yo, I'm like, I was miserable, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, I, it wasn't what I was supposed to do. I'm waking up at like 5.30, 6 a.m. every day to drive to work, to um, work for a company that really doesn't give a fuck about me, excuse my language. Oh, yeah, you good. Um, um, yeah, and I was just like, because I'm seeing like young brothers like myself on TV doing what I wish I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I was I was like, man, I got to figure something out. So I worked a job for a year and then um, I saved up enough money to move to New York. And when I got to New York, funny enough, I was working. I worked a few different jobs when I first got here and one, including you know, I ended up getting another corporate job, account manager. Mm-hmm. And like a month or like a month and a half into the job, it was a smaller company. It was an incident where there was like a um, it was a stock transfer company. They lost the stock stock certificate, and my supervisor there um, was saying that she obviously had been there for years. So when they lost it, which I never received, they kind of put that on me, and then I got I lost I got fired, like a month in a month into it. So for me, that was like a sign from God. I was like. He's telling yeah. me like, you gotta take that step. You gotta stop tiptoeing and take that step. Mm-hmm. So from that point forward, I um, joined the acting conservatory in New York. Yeah. So you so, actually trained in Lee Lee Strasberg and Theater Film Institute, yeah, in the William yeah, yeah. Esper Studios. Like, walk us through that. You know, what kind of institution it was? Your time there, and like, you know, just the experience. Um, that was like heaven for me. They mm-hmm. like. I can't, that's, you know what I'm saying? I'm just coming to New York. I'm um, like within a year being here. Uh, mm-hmm. I finally got to the atmosphere, the environment that I wanted to be in. And it was like twofold because one, I was, I literally spent all the money I had um, saved up to get my apartment and then to pay the tuition to go to the school. So um, I was broke and I was just working the server. I got a, a job as a server. So I was barely making ends meet. But on the other hand, I was so happy because I was like, I felt free. So I was creative in there. And, you know, they taught me um, so much at being in the William Esper Studios from um, the way we relax our body to uh, visualizing like different places and doing like animal technique. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of learning, a lot of uh, method acting in there. And, you know, it, it was kind of surprising because the other students, in the program, a lot of them were like silver spoon babies from the industry, so they didn't really take the training serious. But for me, man, I was so happy to just get accepted in there and be a part of that and be learning from such a prestigious school. And uh, I, I was so happy. And then the same thing with uh, William Esper. Both of those programs were amazing. Yeah. What's method acting? Like I always hear, you know what I'm saying? Like, but what, what for people who don't know, what what is method acting? Um, I don't, I can't, I don't know the technical dictionary, de- dictionary definition, but method acting is just, is, is pulling from one of the like main acting techniques, um, in, in order to get to like a state of being that you need to be in for a performance. So like the main techniques are uh, Strasberg, um, Meisner, um, Stella Adler, Uda Hagen, and there's a few more off the top I can't remember, but I trained in Strasbourg and Meisner. So those are the two mm-hmm. I go by. 
Yeah. What, what's the what's the first, you know, as an artist, as an actor, what's the first big gig that you got when you got out, you know, got out of school, got out of training and, you know, so just getting into the world? Like, what was the first gig that you got? Or your first role that you remember getting? Uh, the first one, like I say, like real professional role I got was I came out of Stroudsburg. Um, the first thing I booked was a series called series called Music of Murder on Amazon Prime. And it was dope because I'm like, man, like I said, I, I was barely getting surviving. Then I got this role and I was shooting down in Baltimore. So I'm like, that's like a semi homecoming coming down there mm. to uh, Maryland to shoot. Um, so it was really dope, you know, being um, being on set down there. All my cousins came through the day before, which was a bad idea because I was unprepared when I went to uh, when <laughs> I went on set the next day. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. That was the first one. That was the first one for me. And that was 2017. Mm. How did you get it? How did you get the role? Uh, so for us actors, what happens is there's a platform called Actors Access. Mm. Um, and from there, you're able to submit yourself for auditions. And if they take a liking to your profile, or your headshot or whatever, they'll, they'll request you to do a self-tape. So I did the self-tape. And the self-tape is pretty much what you're seeing right now. Um, I got the backdrop, I got the phone, and I have a reader, and I just got to perform right here, and mm -hmm. we just keep it right there. Mm -hmm. How many of those have you, have you done, like, you know, like, in the past, I don't know, three years? Because I've so watched tape? some of those, yeah, I've watched some of those tapes, like, even the Game of Thrones ones, I'm like, man, like, they go from this to, you know, the big screen. It's it's kind of fascinating, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've done, I've done hundreds, man, I've done mm -hmm. hundreds, I've I do on average, I probably do like two to three a week. Mm. Sometimes it gets a little crazy than that, but on, on average, it's like two to three a week. Yeah. What what where do actors, you know, typically find management? Would you say it's a good idea to find management? You know what I'm saying? Like kind of like an artist, a musical artist, they have management people, you know, uh, book their stuff. For an actor, is that something that you typical actors do? And where can, where do people find it? Yeah, so if you want to reach a certain level, you got to have representation. You got to have either an agent or a manager or both. Mm -hmm. um, the best place where I found both of mine was um, IMDb Pro. Mm -hmm. IMDb Pro, excuse me. Um, so when you go on there, you're able to go to like a, a like a like a talent agency section, and you can scroll, go through, and you can see literally every agent that's in the country um, ranked. And same thing with managers and through there, you can just click through profiles and when you go to the profile, it'll have like contact information. Yeah. And yeah. from and from there you could um just uh submit. Some of them have their contacts, some of them don't, but for the ones mm -hmm. that do, you could just submit. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, one thing one thing here on Stuck in Middle Podcast is like we, you know, not only highlighting people like yourself, you know, incredible brothers doing incredible things, but also like, you know, the struggles and how they overcome it. What's the time, you know, in your journey, your career, you're like, yo, I mean, you already talked about some, you know, paying your way through college and, you know, uh, working as a servant. And how did you overcome it? You know, is there a time in your career or even just in a, in a role where you're like, yo, this is challenging. How did you overcome it? Yeah. Um, it was yo, when I tell you it was challenging because uh, my first year in New York, I went through I went through so much um life experience. Mm. And I think the only thing that got me through it was my love for what I was fine I was finally doing what I wanted to do Fair. in terms of uh training as an actor. But um it it was tough. I mean, you know what I mean? These these 
couple of years, like being an artist in New York City is no joke. It will, it will bite you back out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Just just a love for it. We mentioned, you know, lineage, random acts of flyness, diabolical. What's your favorite role so far? You know, of course, there, there are others. What's your favorite role so far? Um, I would probably say I probably go with lineage. Yeah, mm. I probably go with lineage because that it was such a powerful piece. And Lineage is actually available for anyone to watch on YouTube right now. Um, I could get y'all the link in the bot, the link to um, check it out. But the reason why that was my favorite role was because it was so powerful in terms of like edu educating, mm -hmm. um, educating our people. It was a period piece where I played dual characters, one modern day, and I played mm -hmm. one um, from I was a runaway slave and the other one. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, I think it was, it's just a captivating story and it was um, something of substance to hang on from Yeah, yeah. as opposed to playing something stereotypical because I don't really play those type of roles anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I started watching Lineage as I was preparing for our, for our interview and I was like, I got I got to pause it and like, you know, get my wife. We got it's, it's It's a short piece. It's about 30 yeah. minutes, I think. And it's free on YouTube. Um, so yeah, definitely got to go check it out. I was like, I got to. Cause I was just watching it just to see, you know, how many questions I can get. It was like, nah, I, I want to watch it to enjoy it. Cause the first five minutes got me already. So definitely. Go oh, check you it liked out. it. <laughs> I liked it. I haven't finished it. I haven't finished it, but I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to set the mood and, you know, put it on a big screen and watch it and like really. Of course, man. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, uh, you man. mentioned something, but I, I'm curious, like what is a role or, you know, uh, a, a gig that you would absolutely not do? Um, No, I would not anything rapist. Um, any type of like street role that that's stereotypical. Like I don't have a problem playing the street character, mm -hmm. but it gotta have some substance to it because mm -hmm. nobody's just running around killing people or selling drugs. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Just because they were born that way. You gotta have backstory as to why they are that mm -hmm. to show the struggle in them, order to bring like the human element to them. Because if a character mm -hmm. has no human element, I'm not playing the character. There's, yeah. there's nothing for me to build there mm -hmm. so just like things like um um rapist is definitely one that comes to my mind yeah. or like a, a perpetrator just like attacking people for no reason things like mm -hmm. that no. yeah i was watching a michael b jordan interview um i believe he was actually chadwick boseman yeah chadwick boseman he was talking about how he turned down some roles because he he found that the roles that he was getting pitched to were like you know just stereotypical movies it's like like, you know how people be like, Kevin Hart acts the same movies. Is that something that you consider when you, you know, accepting scripts or, you know, trying to pitch for, you know, uh, yeah. for roles? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I think I got, I think I have a lot of range. So I don't yeah. want to just, I'm, I don't want to stick to the same genre, the same type of role. Um, I want to do different things. Like in Lineage, I start off as a street dude. Then all of a sudden I'm a runaway slave. Um, I played a number of different roles this year and none of mm -hmm. them are like exactly the same. Everything has a different niche to it. And mm -hmm. number one, I want to do that because I have the range, but number two, I want to find out um, like how far I could expand from, mm -hmm. you know, I want to keep growing in that regard and testing myself. Yeah, nah, no doubt. What is, uh, what do you, what do you think? you know, the state of the industry is right now, you know, the Hollywood industry for artists like yourself, black men like yourself. Um, I was, I was just talking to AK about that. I actually think it's getting to a pretty good place, um, especially in particular like in these last two years. 
I would say we're starting to see more black cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a there was a lot of powerful black films that came out this year. I, I just watched the um, the harder they fall. Mm-hmm. That was a, a very dope film. We had Judas and the Black Messiah come out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we had so many, and I think we're starting to see a little bit more representation. I think that we still need, we still have a lot more to do, but I think Hollywood is just seeing that okay, black films can be successful, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. so they're starting yeah. to go in that direction. Yeah, I just checked out Passing too. It was a pretty dope piece on on Netflix. Um, with, I think uh, somebody told me about that. I didn't I didn't watch it yet. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting joint. Uh, very very it's adapted from a novel. It's a really dope joint. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, it's the ending is controversial. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how a lot yeah. of people I'm, I'm curious to see how a lot of people feel about it. But um, a lot of a lot of films that are coming out now were shot back in the pandemic. And a lot of people feel like, you know, because of the constraints, the the, the production didn't really go in depth. How do, how were you first of all, how were you, you know, able to cope during the pandemic and, you know, the film industry, you know, being shut down almost last year with the pandemic? How, how did you survive? How did you cope in finding roles or just staying active? Uh, so when the industry first, when the pandemic shut down and, and, and the country shut down, um, the industry from like a major studio perspective, everything was stopped from like March until around like October, they started bringing more back. Mm. So it was tough times because we didn't really have any work for those for those time periods. And for us, because you know, we are instruments, it really messed up a lot of our rhythm. But for me, um, I actually had my best year during the pandemic this past year. And I think I, I could say that was due to, to um, I ended up losing my job during the pimp when quarantine first hit, mm-hmm. which I don't think I shouldn't have been working that job in the first place, but that was taking up too much of my time. And I wasn't focused enough. Mm-hmm. So before I had rejoined the workforce, I was just a hundred percent an actor and I was booking and um, you know, I had a lot of films. I think I had eight over this past year. So it was definitely my best year. Um, but I mean, for everybody is different because some people I know struggle during it. For me, I thrive during it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm just grateful. And eight films this past year. I know you, you know, you actually got your, you're releasing your debut project that you co-wrote. I think you wrote yeah. and co-directed. What is it about? Can you tell us, man? You on Stuck in the Podcast. Let's get the, let's get the exclusives. Let's get the juices. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. So, so Pulse is my first Britain co-directed film. I also star in it. Um, it's a film about two half brothers and going through dire situations, trying mm-hmm. to find a way up out of it. And uh, my character, he's the protagonist. Um, he has a daughter who has cancer, and mm-hmm. he's trying. He just finally got the money in order to, without telling too much, um, to pay for his daughter's cancer versus his brother, who was like, um, uh, you could say the antagonist of the film. Um, he's stuck in his ways and he gets caught in a bind where he's desperate for money. And we're, we're seeing like how, how far he'll go in order to get what he needs to mm. um, during the film. So what we're doing with it, is it is a short film, but we're trying to pitch it in order to get it picked up as a feature film. That's the goal for it. Man, so I was gonna ask, like, when can we see it? But you know, when can we, you know, see oh, that streaming? So it's coming, it's coming soon. It's coming soon. We're actually done with the editing. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we got, we're waiting on some um, 
film festivals to hear back whether we got in or not. Mm-hmm. And from there, we'll, we'll set up the uh, the debut stream for that. In the meantime, what's what's next for you as far as like film projects? You know, we got Lineage right now streaming. You just did eight joints this past year. What's what yeah. can people what can the fans see? Man? I'm trying to see some joints. Um, so right now I got this. I just finished a feature film called Roar. Um, that they actually just sent me a rough cut of the trailer today. They're gonna start promo for that next week. Um, I'm in the middle of. I, I actually had to tell. I had we had to move the podcast back today because I was training for um, a new movie I'm doing. I think it's called Junie, and I'm playing a boxer. Um, mm-hmm. Playing a boxer slash the love interest in that. So we start filming that at the end of the month. Um, I have, you know, a few more, you know, a few more coming out. Um, I can't, like, at the top, I don't know when they're going to come, but, you know, everything is going to roll out and I'm going to continue to get more work, so. Yeah, not for sure. Um, I want to ask you this, like, do you think one has to be in the mecca of film industry, that is New York or Los Angeles, to get television or film roles in the industry? Like, do you, you know, can you be in Silver Spring or do you got to go to L.A., New York? Um yes and no so you gotta be in like you because technically like the, the trifecta is new york atlanta la those are like the hubs where they really have numerous active projects but you can live in uh chicago and book something like the shy or chicago pd or you can live, can live in a uh, silver spring and book something like i don't even know if you're still shooting scandal but when they were shooting that you could book something like that but it severely heightens your chances if you live in one of those three cities as opposed to living in maryland that's the only re- if it was like I'll, i would be back in maryland right now i'll be honest with you if mm-hmm. y'all if y'all had an industry for it but y'all don't so mm-hmm. yeah yeah nah nah facts facts love to our brothers out you know in london but out you know what what are your thoughts on you know uh because right now it's a, it's a twitter conversation with a lot of uk you know actors and actresses you know, getting up. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, this, you know, like Lamar, like Lamar and, you know, BMF. I, I want to get your thoughts yeah. on that. Uh, to me, to me, I think the conversation, um, to if they're putting in the work and these actors are sharp, you know what I mean? It's not like they're doing a bad job. Like if they're doing mm-hmm. a bad job, I would have an issue with it. But if these brothers are getting trained, they're talented and they're obviously driving in these roles then. I don't have a problem with it, but it means, mm-hmm. just means we got to get better. That's what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Mm-hmm. The, as long as the talent is working, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, yeah. And there's no politics involved. Nah, for sure, for sure. Uh, as a, you know, somebody who's African descent, love to camera, what are your thoughts on the African movie industry? I'm sure you're familiar with Nollywood. We got Caliwood, which is, you know, movies from Cameroon, you know, popping up right now. There's a lot of African yeah. movies on Netflix, Amazon. You checking out Amy, what are your thoughts on the whole African movie industry? So besides the ones I really got to sit through with, like if I'm with my aunt or something like that, and watch <laughs> yeah. them, I, I don't I don't really watch um, Nollywood too much. Um, they they can be entertaining, but for me, just like some of the acting and the productions, like a little, it's not there quite there yet. So I'm not I'm not that big a fan of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what goes through your mind? What goes through your mind when you when you auditioning? You know, when you're in the audition room, you know, you got, you, you did, you, you submitted your uh, your tape, you got the phone call, you got the script, it's, you know, audition is Saturday, 2 p.m. What goes through your mind when you're in there and the judges, I don't know if it's judges, the people, you know, sitting at the little desk as an actor? Um, Focusing on just building, building the character. 
that mm-hmm. you know when I get an audition I got to build build the character build his backstory and really find like what his intentions are for the scene because once mm-hmm. you do that you don't have the time to think about it you're just in the moment so when I'm in an audition the biggest thing is okay I did my homework I know what I'm doing here in the scene now I just have to listen mm-hmm. um that's one thing a lot of actors uh young actors I should say aren't familiar with you can't predetermine what you're going to do on the scene you got to go on the scene see hear them and react to it mm-hmm. so that's my biggest thing just knowing what I'm doing and listening to the reader yeah nah I love that you just did eight joints this past year and you know there's a couple others in the pipelines what is a role that you haven't gotten a call yet or haven't gotten presented to you that you like I'm waiting for this or that you would love to create what's a role that you absolutely want to play um I think I just got it right now is is, is the love interest because mm-hmm. I, I play in a lot of I play I played a lot of serious characters characters that have depth to them and I love that but um the past actually I had two of them this year it was the love interest side because I didn't really get to show that until this year mm-hmm. um and you know what I'm saying I think I'm, I'm a romantic guy I have that in me as well so I just really wanted to show that on on camera mm-hmm. and yeah. um yeah that's it right now yeah i'm looking forward to them just to build on that what is your dream crew I'm talking producer writer uh and co-star like build mm. your dream your dream crew somebody to co-star with you uh write the joy and produce and direct so four people dream okay uh right off the bat we could probably go tarantino mm. um Mahershala Ali, that's actually my favorite actor right now. Um, Writer-wise, that's a a tough one. Who's one of my favorite film writers? I don't don't know if I could give you a a writer who I would would prefer. Maybe, um, uh, who's it, Shaka King? Yeah, I think yeah, Shaka, yeah, yeah. Shaka wrote uh, Judas. So we, we yeah, could probably go with Shaka. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll go with them. What was the fourth one? Uh, direct. Uh, so turn to co-star. Somebody that, you know, co-star with you. Uh, co-actor, male or female. Um. Oh, yeah. Mahershala. Mahershala. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a solid cast right there. That's a solid cast right there. I think yeah. I think I, think I want to see if I... You know, just from from what I've read and seen from you, I would want to see. I forget his name; it's escaping me right now. But he directed and wrote um, Black Panther, brother. He's a brother. Oh, Coogler, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Ryan Coogler, yeah, Ryan Coogler. Uh, you no, know, I could I could swap Tarantino out with Coogler, depending on what the genre is. But mm-hmm. Coogler is a beast too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would want to see a Coogler jump with you. How do you how do you stay? You know, like just keeping your name out there, keeping your face out there. You know, in between roles, in between gigs. Because I've I've watched interviews with actors. It's like, you know, even uh, the dude who did Venom, he was like, you know, I think that the interviewer asked him. They haven't seen him, you know, for many years. Like, I, I couldn't find work. It just wasn't any work. How do you keep yourself oh. out there? Oh, you talking about Tom Hardy? Yeah, yeah, Tom Hardy. You know. Uh, oh, he, he said that. It was it was something along the lines of you know just looking for work you know something along those lines. Okay. How do you how do you keep yourself and actors? I've heard Idris Elba said that you know looking for work because I've always just felt like you know they just got a boatload of scripts and you know to hear an actor say you know I'm, I'm looking for work it's like you know yeah. it, it, it kind of puts things into perspective. So how you know do you keep your name out there? You know, in between roles, um, in between shoots. Um, to be honest, um, I don't. 
I don't do anything in specific. I just pretty much post my normal life. Might mm -hmm. go take a trip, uh, go on vacation. Like I was in Portugal. Um, so I put a little uh, film together for that. Uh, this is my post going now, hanging out with my girl, something like that. Mm -hmm. It's nothing, uh, nothing in particular. I think for me, a lot of my projects have just been rolling over and promotion comes from all of them this year. So I haven't had to do anything like really reach to uh, try and keep my face um, active or in the, uh, people's minds. And of course, you got a management behind you as well, pushing it and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have a uh, manager and an agent. My manager, actually, I just signed with him this past month and um, he got me working, man. He got me mm -hmm. auditioning heavy, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, for sure. What is your advice, you know, young actors, you know, African brothers and sisters or brothers and sisters listening to this right now, watching this right now? What is your advice on, you know, just, you know, getting the food in the door, making it in the industry? Uh, the first thing, yo, you have to get better at your craft. You got to study. You got to put the work in. So I say no matter what, you don't necessarily have to go to a conservatory, but you have to go to um, a reputable class and get trained so that you know what you're doing. And once you get that and you feel comfortable with that, start getting in on um, student films, little short films, get yourself some footage. From there, you're able to get um, you get your headshots and you start submitting for representation. Because uh, with when it comes to auditioning for like, like network shows, that's what you'll call like anything on TV or like major studio, that's like big budget movies. You gotta have representation in order to um, audition for those projects mm -hmm. so once you uh get yourself some type of reel some type of footage because mm -hmm. once you have that people could actually see your talent a little bit more and even if you're just self-taping here at home when you have a monologue you want to do you could use that and use it to submit to um agents and managers mm -hmm. all right man that's solid advice man listen we've had the pleasure of speaking with francis mancho you can go check out lineage right now streaming Got a bunch of dope joints coming in the pipelines. Random acts of flyness. I was going to ask you, what was that about? Random acts of flyness. Is that is that public? Yeah, that's public. That was on HBO. Um, it was uh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's um a little comedy series. I, I think it got canceled now. I think it only went one season, but they had a whole bunch of skits in there. And the skit I was in, uh, it was a real, real brief second. But um, I pretty much was playing a basketball player and. Mm -hmm. Um, as in, and they had me dressed up in a hot dog, and it's like a Kardashian was coming to eat the hot dog. Mm. So that was a that was a little skit I was in for for that show. And Diabolical, what's what's that about? Uh, Diabolical, yeah, uh, that that's available too. That is on the Investigation Discovery Channel, and I think they also have those episodes on Hulu. So I don't I don't remember. This, I think it was season three, episode four. I had to check my IMDb, mm -hmm. but they um it's a murder rec recreation show mm. um so i played an accused murderer in that show and they kind of unfolded the case mm -hmm. dope man listen this has been dope bro i really appreciate the conversation a lot of gems and you know i wish you a lot of success and everything you got going on bro thank you thank you yes sir yes sir if you enjoy what you heard what you watched the subscribe button Hit the bell notification so you get updates every time we drop something new. Incredible conversation with Francis Macho. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people get in contact with you and all that good stuff? 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Francis, that is F-R-A-N-C-I-S, Mancho, M-A-N-C-H-O. Uh, hit me up on Instagram. My, my, my email is linked through there as well. And, um, you know, I'm going to have a number of projects coming out this year, so just tap in. Yes, sir. And also yes. tap in the lineage that is on YouTube. If you just type in um, L-I-N-E-A-G-E, 4K, and then McGee Productions. That is M-C-G-H-I-E Productions, and you'll find it right on YouTube. Yes, sir. I'm about to go watch that joint as soon as I get home later tonight. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, this tap, tap in, man. For sure, yes, tap sir. in. I appreciate the support. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Reflex, Stuck Middle Podcast. Shout out to the entire team for producing this, a.k.a. I see you. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by our online store, SITMPodcast.com. Backslash store, you get hoodies, T-shirts, crew necks, all kind of incredible stuff. That's the machine that drives this show, that drives this brand. We appreciate every single one of y'all rocking with us. And definitely, if you want to, you know, get in touch with us, sponsor us, send us an email, SITMPodcast237 at gmail.com. We appreciate it. We can work something out. Mm-hmm.